0: I'm recording this on July 28th, 2021. It's an interesting day astrologically because Jupiter moves back into the sign of Aquarius. It was in Pisces for several months, which many astrologers say is a taste of what we are going to get in 2022. So whatever you experienced in the past several months might indicate themes that will arise in the next year. Now, as we move back into Aquarius, I feel like it's asking us to tie up loose ends, to start new with completing the old. And so I am called to put together a stream of consciousness nothing is planned it is all spontaneous thought and the stream of consciousness i have decided to name cycles of death and rebirth this is something that i feel most comfortable with in my life of whenever i am in a state of change i am the most comfortable i know that sounds kind of odd But when I am stagnant is when I don't feel myself. When I'm in this state of change is when I feel the most alive. And I definitely am in one of those states of change as I am approaching my due date, October 3rd. And this being inside of me already kicking me to the point where it is making me keel over is constantly reminding me that change is inevitable. And that our suffering oftentimes comes from resisting change, resisting the inevitable. For the only thing constant is change. I don't know where I first heard that quote, but it's always been something that stuck with me. That we are always continuously evolving, each one individually. And we're reminded about this in our relationships, how you can be compatible with a significant other or with a friendship. And maybe you're not as time goes on. Maybe the two of you grow in two separate paths, or maybe you're lucky enough to co-evolve together and stay in that alignment I currently am experiencing one of these shifts dramatically with my husband, as we bring in this new being into the world. We've known each other since we were 12 years old and now being 32, almost the brink of a new year for me as well around the sun. I'm reminded that we have been through many lifetimes together In the past 20 plus years. Seeing each other change and evolve and transform into new people. And this is another one of those cycles. Ending and beginning right now. When you can recognize when something is coming to an end and simultaneously bringing in the new relish in that awareness. That's what I'm trying to do at least right now. And as I remind myself, I feel called to send this message out into the ether to remind anybody that might be listening to this. Now, another thing that's I found super helpful in this time of uncertainty that we are all going through And ups and downs and twists and turns and thinking something has come to a close only to bring itself back around to ask us to tie up some more loose ends. Tarot. The deck of tarot, tarot cards, has been a tool for me to turn to, to ask a question. And it's really us answering the question, but through this medium. And as I develop this relationship with tarot, I am actually developing my own deck, creating my own deck. And currently I have drawn the three of wands. And in my deck, the wands are fingers. So I'm playing around with what combination of fingers, will it be three separate hands holding up a single one? Will it be two hands, one holding up two, one holding up one? Or will it be a single hand holding up three? The symbology of each of these combinations of hands and fingers is what plays into my symbology in my deck. And as I say this right now, the awareness came to me that it's probably going to be three separate hands with three separate single fingers. One for the mother, one for the father, and one for the child. Change. The trio. Triangles. Strength. Mm. For In coming together, that is what truly, truly makes us strong. Supporting one another, being there for one another. Coming back to the tarot, one thing that I suggest for people to start exploring if they get into this is finding out how your birthday, the day you were born, correlates To the cards of the deck in the major arcana that represent who you are. So for me, being born on August 24th, 1988, my numbers add up to four. How did I get that? Well, you basically take the month, the day, and the year and add them all together. When you do that for me, each individual number adds up to 40. And then you add 4 plus 0, giving you 4. Well, in the tarot, each card in the major arcana is numbered. And much like numerology, The ones that are double digit, you add those two digits together to get a single digit. So really, you have two cards in the major arcana that represent who you are. For me, it is the emperor, number four, and death, number 13. Those two cards kind of give me the different spectrums of my personality, different challenges that I will face in my life, and also different strengths that I bring into this world. So with those two energies, you can imagine some of them are conflicting. Some of them contradict one another. And that is something that I feel is very important to embrace, that we oftentimes have parts of ourselves that are conflicting, that do contradict one another, and that it doesn't mean that one part is more important than the other, or that one part needs to be more nurtured than the other, but to embrace it all, to embrace the whole spectrum of who you are, that everything that you are has its place Everything has a lesson for you. Now, yes, there are parts of us that are calling our attention that might mm, manifest themselves in a way that could be quote unquote bad or quote unquote good. But when coming from this perspective of inclusivity of who we are, realizing that we literally encompass everything. If everything is connected, if everything is one, if consciousness comes from the same source, then truly we are everything, even that which is titled, quote unquote, bad. By understanding and accepting the different parts of ourselves, that's where we can start to regain our empowerment, by choosing how we want to move through the world, by choosing the parts of ourselves that nurture the whole. And this also in turn helps heal the collective. For once we can see from a vantage point that those that are doing things that harm others, they are not in alignment with themselves. They're hurting themselves. And it's not that we should take it so personally, even if it's directed at us, but rather coming from it at a space of this person is so disconnected with everything that they are able to harm another. And the very first person in doing so that they are harming is themselves. Now, I'm not saying that I am completely there myself. It's easier to see this from an outside view. It's easier to see it when you are not the person that it is being directed at. I heard this recently, and being somebody that is and has, not is anymore, thank goodness, but some people would argue that you never truly do get over this. Being somebody that has experienced substance abuse, and recently hearing, talking specifically about alcoholism, that when somebody is hurt by a loved one drinking and that loved one says to the alcoholic, if you loved me, you would not drink. And how that would be the same thing as saying to somebody with diabetes, if you loved me, you would not have diabetes. So using that example as a very radical example, very um, (laughs) in-your-face example of how you can kind of flip it and kind of see the compassion for the alcoholic, that kind of perspective is what's going to help us break free of the hate that perpetuates the cycle of pain. For it's when we start to have compassion for the shooter that comes into a school and kills several people. It's when we start to have compassion for the person that hurts another being regardless of what it is, that is going to be the cycle that ends the current one that we are living in. To meet with compassion rather than hate. To meet with an understanding that that person is lost, that that person needs help. That that person is in and of itself connected to you in some way of why you are in this dynamic with them to experience this in the first place. That you have a part in this. And your response, how you respond to anything is where your power lies. Is where you can take back your empowerment and in turn give the power, the situation, the opportunity to anybody else that is directly in alignment with experiencing that particular situation with you. If you wanted to take it a step further than the butterfly effect, right? Everybody is connected in one way or another, either directly in a certain situation Or indirectly through the fractals of consciousness that spreads out. We're all in this together. We are all in this together. Every single one of us. And if you are aware. In any way. About. Certain things in your life's life and pattern patterns that are occurring. I believe that it is your responsibility to be with that fully, as consciously as you can. To hold that space. Not necessarily even having to do anything about it. Just to pay attention to it. Pay attention to how you react. And if you notice the cycles of how you react. And if they might not be in alignment with how you would like to live your life. How you would like somebody to respond to you in the same situation rather than being angry at yourself for not doing what it is that you quote unquote think you should do having that same compassion for yourself we're all learning we're all changing we're all evolving each and every moment we have each and every breath we take is a new opportunity to come back to yourself. And when we're fully there for ourselves, fully living in that compassion, that's when we're going to be able to do so for others. That's when things are going to change. So again, thinking back to where you were in 2020. And with the astrological event of Jupiter moving back into the sign of Aquarius. Many astrologers say this is an opportunity to tie up loose ends. It is asking us to rise to the occasion What is coming to an end? What is asking you to bring into this world? What needs to close in order for that which is wanting to be manifested, to be created? What needs to be shifted, expanded, dissolved, or flooded with your awareness? That last sentence, was from a woman named Renee Sills from Embodied Astrology. I'll put her information in the show notes. I'd like to quote her again for this astrological event of Jupiter going back into the sign of Aquarius and her recommendation for how to navigate this time, how to close up this cycle, while at the same time entering a new one. So, as she states, think back to December 21st, 2020. What was beginning then that was asking you to rise to an occasion or take a risk? What were you feeling hopeful for? What did you imagine the potential was? What did you experience in these areas of your life between December 21st, 2020, and May 13th, 2021? What has shifted, expanded, dissolved, or flooded you with the awareness in these areas since May 13th? As Jupiter returns to Aquarius, we are picking up the important pieces of this process. Jupiter in Pisces... May 13th to July 28th helped us expand our perspectives and may have brought some significant new information or change in sentiment that now needs to be integrated so that our projects, relationships, and ideas can continue to develop into what they hope they will be. Jupiter stations direct on October 18th at 22 degrees Aquarius. Jupiter passed this degree for the first time and began casting its retro shadow on March 21st. Add this date into your timeline map and consider what was happening around then that was giving you hints that something needed to be adjusted or brought into a more cohesive state of organization. Give yourself and others until October 18th to review, reflect, revise, reconsider, remain with. Between now and then, do your best to take a big picture view. Zoom up and out. See the systems you're working with. Include awareness of emotion in your analysis. But also try to detach from strong emotional courting. And consider your situation from a vantage of future perspective. What are your ultimate goals here? Strategize, evaluate, and survey. By the end of the year, you'll be ready to take the next step in these life areas and if you've used this time to clarify and consider rather than rushing ahead you can trust that your future growth will align with sentiment of the spirit you're dreaming of what do you associate with these dates she wants to know again embodied astrology is where you will find her i found it really helpful to follow people such as Renee in these times. And I've found it even more helpful to look back on particular days that you might be feeling a uh, something that is unexplainable, something that you're just in a funk or Something that you've had a great day and looking back on that day and seeing what was happening astrologically that might have influenced you. This gives me comfort and I hope it does for you too. This tool that we can use in these times of change. It's also something that we are all affected by. Bringing us back to that collective, bringing us back to that unity. Bringing us back to that reality that we are all connected, that butterfly effect, and in acknowledging this, we then take more responsibility for our each individual actions and our thoughts, paying attention to our thoughts. So just like in meditation, as you focus on the breath, noticing what comes up repetitively without judgment. Noticing it, but then bringing that awareness back to what you want, to what you want to create, to what you want to focus on. It's in this discipline is where the shift will occur. But again, it's having compassion for yourself in those moments where you weren't coming from a place of empowerment or discernment or balance. Having compassion for yourself if you are somebody that has struggled with substance abuse, or is currently still. Having compassion for yourself if you are somebody that struggles to think positively. Having compassion for yourself if you are somebody that constantly takes the blame for things that are not your fault. For it's in that recognition that we start to see, oh, I've done it again, that then We tend to get into that negative feedback loop of being mad at ourselves because we've recognized it. But in becoming mad at ourselves that we are recognizing this pattern that we want to stop, that perpetuates that cycle that we want to stop. So again, it's that recognizing that The thought or the action or the behavior that you are wanting to reprogram or move in a different way rather than being mad at yourself once you recognize it to then meet it with compassion. I used to think that we had to understand why we felt a certain way or why we did a certain thing, a particular habit. But I now am coming to believe it's more important to just allow yourself to feel without judgment. For oftentimes, we don't exactly know why we feel a certain way. And we tell ourselves that we shouldn't. And that, I think, is what keeps a lot of us stuck and stagnant is because we're searching for that answer of why. And sometimes that's not obtainable. Rather, what is obtainable is to fully feel what you are feeling. And the feeling is valid for the very reason because you are feeling it. You don't need any other justification to feel your feelings other than they are coming up and out. And you allowing yourself to feel them fully is what is going to help you move through them. Compassion for ourselves. So in my opinion, everything is sound. Everything is held together by sound. Literally every single physical object is held together by a particular vibration. And this all starts with our thoughts. But if you are somebody that needs an additional tool to reprogram those thoughts to recognize, meet it with compassion, and then target it with another vibration that will help you reprogram or reorient your life in whatever way that you are intending to do so. I highly recommend mantras, whether it be a Sanskrit mantra or whether it be a positive affirmation. The cool thing about Sanskrit is that it creates these vibrational patterns that tend to have that impact of holding matter together, creating matter. So again, coming back to what I just said, every physical object has a vibration that holds its physical shape. If you want to learn more about this or see it on a visual video, literally Google Cymatics. Spelled beginning with a C-Y, cymatics. There you will see sand on a plate of glass. Underneath the plate of glass is a speaker. The speaker amplifies a sound, a particular tone, that moves the sand into these geometric shapes, mandalas, if you will. The Sanskrit language has cymatic shapes in the pronunciation of the words in Sanskrit. So yes, I think it is important to understand what a mantra is if you really want to get into it. However, just by pronouncing a mantra in Sanskrit will have a benefit to you because you are creating these cymatic shapes Just by pronunciating it. And the best mantra for compassion. Again, this is all my opinion. Everything in this podcast is my opinion. Either of myself or the ones that I am hosting. But the best mantra in my opinion for compassion is OM Mani Padme Hum. Om Mani Padme Hum. For me, I like to sing it. Om Mani Padme Hum. Om Mani Padme Hum. Om I hope you find this simple tool helpful. Again, if Sanskrit does not call to you, that is a-okay. It might not be your medicine, but something else might be. That can help you reprogram what it is that you want to transform, transmute, and move through. Again, it can be a positive affirmation. You know what to do in your being, you have a purpose in this life, you are enough as you are, you get the point. So much love sent out to every individual listening. I hope you have a beautiful, abundant day and embrace the change.